0: Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show.
1: Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our heroes' journeys. This is Taking Flight, An Entrepreneur's Journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello, and welcome to our EO Atlanta and other EO uh, members around the world. It is wonderful to be here. I think you all know how much I love speaking to entrepreneurs and learning so much about their journey and how they've solved big business problems. Um, and today, again, is going to be another very uh, rewarding conversation. Um, this gentleman was actually a friend of mine too, which I always think makes it even better. Um, so today's guest is someone who has over 20 years of experience in his industry. He holds the certification for certified merger and acquisition advisor and certified exit planning advisor credentials. Um, He basically, he's all about demonstrating his expertise and commitment to excellent in business brokerage, mergers and acquisitions and exit planning. Something which I think all business owners should be thinking about, like what is our exit plan? He has been a member of EO Atlanta since 2019 and he is the managing partner at Transworld Business Advisors of Atlanta. John Roman, welcome to the podcast, John.
0: Hey, Sarah, thank you. Great to be here.
1: It's wonderful to have you here. So I'm so excited. Like You're going to teach me things. I mean, many of us have an exit plan. So yeah, I mean, you said so many
0: things, and I'm wondering, well, do, do I do all that? And then the answer is yes, <laughs> I do a lot and more. But yeah, it's been a lot of words and a lot of things that I've been shown.
1: Yes, exactly. So we're going to uncover that today, John. So um, so my first question is, what did you get right? So when you took your first flight you became this entrepreneur, what do you think was like one or two things that you really got right?
0: Well, before I got one of those two things right, I got a lot of them wrong. And I learned from each one of them um, to see what, what why I failed and why I failed so fast. And eventually, um, 90, 10 years ago, I started getting things right and right. was more, you know, using, you know, delegation to, to my trust people. was one of the things that I didn't do. I thought I know it all and I can handle it and, you know, just give me more and I'll do it. And then I eventually figured out that the day has only 24 hours and that's pretty much it. We cannot extend it more than that. And if you want to do. Three or four different things in the same time as I was doing it. You need people. So you need to trust people. You need to coach them. You need to mentor. And then eventually you have to delegate, important tasks to them so they can help you through the process. Another thing is, you know, this is kind of a cliche, but listen to your client, right? And don't be subjective about it because you think you are the best. But then when it comes to the feedback coming from them, you'll figure out that you still have a lot of work to do.
1: That's really, really good advice. So basically bring people along with you who you can rely on and who you can trust uh, and listen but, to your clients, which sounds obvious, but it's not. It's not sound
0: obvious, but yeah. it's so hard to do because again, you believe you are the best. You believe that you offer it what they need, but then when they yeah. come back and give you that feedback, you're yeah. far.
1: Yeah. So how, did, when, how long ago did you say you learned this about nine years ago and that's when you started to see change happen?
0: Correct. Throughout my career, I always had the side business, uh, and I was involved in distribution businesses, you know, very close to having even a small manufacturer with my dad. Um, and then I had a bunch of restaurants, service-related businesses. And, you know, we, we, we bought them wrong. We sold them even wronger.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and some, some of them actually ended up closed because we got hit by the big recession and, uh. You know, things didn't work out well in the, Mm. in the, uh, the real estate business that I had back then, or, or the restaurants. And I, you know, and during those times, there's nothing else, but just kind of figure out what did I do wrong? What am I going to do with my life? Uh, we are talking about 2008, 2010, you know, back then I was in three wrong industries or, you know, three industries nobody wanted to be. I was in banking, I was in real estate and I was in restaurants. None of them worked well, so I had a lot of time. Unfortunately, my hands to think about what did I do wrong and what I'm doing right. Right.
1: Right. So that's interesting because I know we're going to talk about like actually what your business does, but you know, in terms of like exit planning. I mean, this is this knowledge which uh, you know you obviously provide is obviously also built based on a lot of actually you went through it. I mean, whether you exited not that you exited perhaps the way you wanted, but you must have learned so much.
0: Well, the the main reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I've failed so much in selling my own businesses, because I thought again, that I knew better being part of the banking world, you know, I was very good at numbers, Um, you know, and I said, you know, it's not going to be hard than selling a loan or selling a development project to somebody. Right. And I always got it wrong. And that's one thing. Second, I never had a business broker to offer the services that we do uh where you know holds your hand and kind of teaches you things coaching you things. They all wanted to have it all and not giving you anything back, like education wise. So I you know, it didn't feel like I wanted to trust someone that would just have kind of a hidden process and they will come at the other day say, okay, I i sold it or I have this client or all that kind of stuff. I wanted, you know, to be interactive. So nobody understood back then what interaction and being interactive means.
1: Right. Interesting. Okay. So Yeah, it sounds like you had some some interesting times and scary when you think you're in three industries that maybe, you know, which aren't doing well and you had to learn a lot. So was there somebody, has there been someone from the very beginning or someone just really, really important within that journey that you've been able to lean on?
0: Well, you know, as far as being an entrepreneur, has always been my mom, Uh, you know, back in I'm Romanian, came from a former communist country. And back then, having a top career as my mom had was privilege, and, uh, you know, something that the entire family should be very proud. Of. So imagine when three years after the companies fell, she announced that, she, you know, her, um, her resignation from, you know, the peak of her career, everybody, you know, saw her as the next president of the company, all that kind of stuff. And she went there and said, you know, I'm, I'm just leaving, I'm resigning. I want to open my own business. Back then, when people hear that, you know, you want to open your own business, are you crazy? We yeah. have so much stuff here. I mean, but she, she proved everybody wrong. Uh, you yeah, know, even, even her own parents and, and my dad was, was, was a it as well, but she I proved think. everybody wrong and she, she managed to build a very strong business just seven years.
1: That's interesting. So what, what was she in when she was in corporate Well, what was she doing?
0: She was an architectural engineer. Uh, right. so she, her job was to really come up with ideas to build carports.
1: Right. Interesting. Okay. And then what was her business that she went to do?
0: Well, she started low, she started making all kind of textile proce- products. And then, you know, she got a few contracts from Turkey and then she started a distribution company. And she was at the point when I left the country, she was at the point to buy a manufacturer uh, of those textile products. Um, right. But. You know, with me coming to the country to the US, she felt like she didn't have the support, so she stuck to the distribution company.
1: Right. So She sounds like she was very um, uh, somebody you aspired to be like. like Absolutely,
0: she was very, very motivated. I don't know what she got it <laughs> because I didn't know my grand my granddad very very well. My my, but um, it, yeah, I mean, she, she was she was very very motivated. She very driven yeah you're definitely going to be a DO. you would be in a DO member a great deal member yeah we're going to go to back in time
1: yeah yes that was to happen well i'm so glad your mother was that shining light for you because i feel like it you need yeah it's good to model yourself on someone that you respect so um so a little bit about what's going on right now john and in, in in the business is there any particular challenge that you you and your team have had to solve recently something that you can maybe share with us about how you have overcome that.
0: Yeah. So as an EO, or we should, we all should know, you know, the saying, what gets you here will not get you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it's a, uh, it's a very popular EO you know, and I just, yeah. I attended the strategy, um, with, uh, with the learning event that Accelerate put together and kind of reminded me about that and. It seems that that's the struggle we have. We, you know, in, in the past nine years as an agency, we have become the top Atlanta business brokerage and m division. However, going back to what got you here won't get you there, we'll, we'll have to, you know, adapt. We have to obviously improve. We have to upgrade and, and kind of use all kinds of processes that doesn't necessarily make you comfortable in the beginning. Uh, sometimes you feel like you're wasting your time or. You, you know, you hit the ceiling and you have to kind of go back to the old practices and old things that you believed in. But my role is to really keep the team, you know, upgrading and updating and trying to innovate, trying to come up with new processes, things that we are. Sometimes we are a pioneer of of, of a lot of things we do. Uh, And, you know, when you put this in the meetings and you talk to your team and say, okay, team, we got to adapt to what we're not necessarily going to change, although in the next year, probably will be changed, but let's adjust for now. Yeah. Right? And okay. everybody looks at you like, I'm, I'm very busy. I'm handling so many clients yeah. and why do we need to do this now? And I kept assuring them that doing that stuff now will help in the future. Yeah. What I tell my team all the time, I'm kind of in six months in advance. So for me right now, it's more like April, May, then November. I'm trying yeah. to figure out, okay, if I, if I'll get what exactly do I need to have to yeah, be successful? That's I so like that. yeah, so uh, uh, you know, upgrading, updating, uh, and adapting, and being flexible right. are struggles um, that we uh, that I'm putting up pretty much every week.
1: But how how are you doing that? How are you getting like what is what are you are you reading things? Are you just doing tons of podcasts? Are you getting yourself out there for networking? Like where is the inspiration coming from?
0: Mix of everything. So I'm, I'm always, um, so I don't watch news, right? Or I don't watch much TV. So all the time I'm actually giving to kind of the industry itself, trying to figure out what else is there. So I'm participating in seminars, webinars, I'm getting certifications. That's why in the beginning you mentioned all my certified things is because I wanted to learn more. I want to see how we do things differently. Um, you know, and now the AI came up, right? So I'm speaking to the AI every day, right? right. Tell me, how can I improve? What else are other people using there? You know, mm-hmm. what can we do? How can we accomplish this goal or that and this? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a mix, mix of everything. And then reading books, I mean, let's, let's not leave that away. Reading books, yeah. actually being an Audible, Audible probably loves me for the membership that I leave. <laughs> yeah. I but it was out fine. <laughs> And then podcast, yeah. podcast too. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, you know, subscribed to a bunch of them, and you know, in the beginning, you have like fifty that you want to listen to, and then in time, yeah, you know, you yeah. have to cut them off, cut them off. So now I have like a few that I'm listening to.
1: I love that. So on the subject of Audible and books, is there a favorite book right now that you think is being just really helpful to you?
0: Well. We can talk about it probably for an hour and I'm going to complete the entire bit just to talking about books, but you know, what got me started in my career was really, you know, Tony Robbins. I mean, I'm talking about books that everybody, and, and authors, everybody know, you know, Tony Robbins unleashed the power within, right? So basically just, you know, that was back in 2000 and kind of started make me think, okay, there is a, there is a different angle of just doing a great job. You can actually have a good business as well and trying to do things. And then Think and Grow Rich, you know, Napoleon Hill, another great, yeah. great book. And then Dale Carnegie with his, you know, how to influence people and be, have friends and all that. Yeah. But, uh, and then, um, you know, Reach Dad, Poor Dad was an eye opener for me. Um, you know, Stephen Conley with Habits, you know, Seven Habits for Highly Efficient People, uh, it's another book that really stood out when I, when I started off, but, uh. A few years ago, I don't know who, but someone introduced me to Gary Keller. uh, And Gary Keller is an author. I knew Gary Keller from Keller Williams, but didn't know Gary Keller that he was writing books. And then I picked up one thing. Uh, It's called One Thing. And that was, it was a open because before that I was doing, I loved multitasking. I loved doing a lot of things at the same time. And Gary says, "Listen, you know, the more you do that, the more you lose, waste of time. So why don't you just concentrate on one thing at a time? Yeah. So if I want to recommend a book, it would be Gary Keller one
1: thing. Okay. Two. Gary Keller one thing. That that just goes against my whole the way I run my day. I feel like I'm spinning nine plates, but Gary saying just one.
0: I'm the same way. Believe yeah. me, you know, having the job, hitting the business, having employees, yeah. having all that stuff. And everybody in the same time, I, I was nuts. I mean, I don't know how I yeah. did it, but it worked out for me.
1: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So thank you for sharing that. That's something we should definitely go and check out. I know I will. I'm always looking for some inspiration. So what excites you about the future, John? Like what, where's, where's the business or where are you going? Like, what's it, What does it look like? I love the way you're saying you're always thinking April. You're like a retailer. You're always thinking about, okay, it's spring fashion. When we're still in winter. But um tell me like what does the future look like?
0: Well, you know, I I don't like to say that we are dependent, but in my business we are dependent on the economy and all the other things. And and you know, we, we're depending on the government to do what they need to do in order for people to be optimistic because if they turn negative and people don't look into the entrepreneurial side as optimistic as they are now or they were two years ago then you know people coming to buy businesses be fewer and fewer um but i'm very optimistic and to the point that you know their business is coming in we have we have people that want to leave the corporate america and want to embrace the the entrepreneur side the business ownership and we have we see more and more of them and they don't just come in and buy they actually come and get educated and that helps a lot because they understand yeah. the process and the more yeah. you talk to them the the more you understand how the market operates and especially the the generational exchange you know we are I am a Gen X but then you have the Gen Zs and they have the apple I I don't know what's after Gen Z I forgot the name of that
1: um, millen- my millen-
0: millennials not the millennials Millenn- millennials are done it's the people who were born oh, it's, it's,
1: it's my daughter and your daughter's age which is
0: um yeah. um yeah gen z is it gen z so it's yeah. millennial and then gen z is that how it works yeah I yeah so, so now our buyers mainly are millennials right so you have yeah. to step out of your comfort gen x philosophy and you just have to move on and try to understand millennials how they are and that's that's been great to me. I mean, it's been it's been a good uh, good learning curve.
1: Okay. So how, how, I mean, so what is the purpose of doing that? Is it about just making sure your business is very relevant? Um, because you're right. I mean, buy, your buyers are going to be getting younger. So you need to be able to understand. So, and they could be doing businesses, which are, I imagine, like if you think about like the sharing economy, you know, if you're looking at trying to sell, help a company sell a sh- sharing. I mean, there must be every model of business and every new business kind of model coming through. You could be able to understand it, haven't you? Wrap your arms around it so you know how to sell it or how to help someone exit that. That, that must be very interesting.
0: Correct. Yeah. And and also, yeah, it goes to what I said. We're trying to change it, being flexible. And maybe at some point, we'll just, instead of selling businesses, we're just going to work with people that want to buy into the business, right? right. So you never know. Or you're going to switch your position. And the more you know about people, the more you know about what that drives them and you know, what motivates them to to, to step from the corporate where they have a nice cushion job and benefits and all that. And they decided one day to move into the, to the business side, you know, it's better to, to understand that early enough. So when when, when you have to switch and be like, okay, there's not a lot of businesses out there just because the government does whatever the government does and. We cannot be dependent on it. Let's pick up this side of the business where we're actually helping people buying into good, good businesses, businesses that actually they can grow. So that, yeah, so that's kind of my uh, my thought process behind that.
1: Interesting. What can I just ask you? What, what like when someone comes to you and maybe they are thinking about an exit, like they like, like what are the top three things you might you might be in? You know, you think of a really good sign. Obviously, good EBITDA, I would imagine, is probably good. But is there, I mean, does it come down a lot to the people? Because, I mean, many times when you're someone's trying to sell, you've still got to hang around for a couple of years. You've got to be able to put these people and match them with a good chemistry of someone who's buying them. Would you say that's one, another way?
0: Not necessarily. Absolutely. Everybody thinks that if you sell a business, you have to stay two, three years. It really depends on negotiations. Depends, uh-huh. you know, everything is negotiable. There is not a, like a template or a standard process that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Some people do choose to stay mm-hmm. with the business uh, for three years. Some people, you know, want to stay for six months. Now, as far as the money they're getting from the business mm-hmm. is different because staying three years will get them more, staying six will give them less. That's obvious. But. Some people like myself included, I appreciate my time more than money. So I really don't want to stay with someone for three years and I would rather just get a lump sum and move on with my life. Uh, But yeah, when it comes to exit, I mean, when we talk with people, the most important thing is their role in the business. You know, I said in the beginning, you know, I learned how to delegate things to people and Mm that helped me but there are yeah. a lot of our clients our prospects who still don't know how to do that and you go in there saying how many people do you have working for you know, like 20 30 40 whatever the number is great so what do you do all day well i do the most important tasks and then you should see our face right or yeah, right? like, uh, i talk mean, <laughs> yeah so you should do the most important dates what are the other 30 people do yeah doing yeah, doing. Right? Or, yeah. that's okay. kind of you know deteriorates unfortunately and and you know well, that kind of pers- person, we, we'll put a three-year plan together where we say, okay, we need to get you out of yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, we need to hire okay. the right people. We need to mentor all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, the
0: second thing is process. I mean, we're still, we're still yeah. getting into businesses where they use fax machines, right? Yeah. So because they believe that whatever worked in the past, it will work ever again. And they not they don't want to change. They don't have a CRM system. They don't, Sorry. I mean, their website, they look at their website, they're like, wow, that really hurts, you. hurts your business. And they don't understand that because they don't want yeah. to change. They don't want to oh. put the money to work. They feel like every time they make an update, it's waste of money.
1: Right. Oh, my gosh.
0: Which we because, both know is not right.
1: No, it goes against every, all my principles of the importance of brand re- reputation and, and brand look and feel and... Interesting. So, okay. So someone who's willing to delegate, somebody who's prepared to be relevant and invest in, you know, what the company looks like and the brand. So.
0: um, And the third thing is financial transparency means that, you know, if you pay your condo in Hawaii from your business, at least, you know, put it on there and just tell people why you're doing this. They're just thinking that people will not, no, yeah. everybody will know
1: yes yeah right. so
0: financial transparency is very important so yeah i think you stay at EBITDA EBITDA would be like number five number six I,
1: okay good so i learned something today okay but it doesn't matter as much It's it's, it's yeah so th- that's really interesting those points that you raised okay i'm hoping that's useful for other people so so john who are you <laughs> it's like i want to learn a little bit about john before he started his company over in the U.S. Can you talk to me a little bit about what what life was like? What some pivotal moments or life was like for you before before that point?
0: Well, you know, I I came here. I was one of the lucky ones that actually had uh, our professors during the university years were all coming from the United States. And they wanted to get their tenure in in Romania, and from all the universities they could pick, they could get the big towers and. You know, I I graduated in marketing. Nobody knows, but actually, my degree is in marketing. It did never, not know that. Never, never worked a day in my life in marketing, but it is marketing. Yeah. And you know, like I said, we were we, we we had all these professors coming from U.S. from from large universities here, and they taught us how life in United States is. So when we graduated, we really didn't know anything about our country. But we knew a lot about the United States, Wow! Okay. you know, all our case studies, everything was all done in companies here, uh, you know, all the marketing yeah. stuff that the practical things were done, you know, in, in companies that exist in the United States, but they had no, no, uh, footprint in, in Romania. Okay. And, you know, he, joke I mean, they jokingly said, you might just as well go to Romania, to the United States, because there is not, not, nothing much for you to do here. You just have to get retrained in the Romanian work. And I had jobs during college and in sales, and I just could not get along with mentality that was in the market. And you know, going to school and learn about the US economy and going to work and just see the Romanian mentality, it made perfect sense for me to leave. So I came here right after I graduated. I was 21 and a half and it seems that my entire courage just ran away because I got here and I was like, okay, what do we do next? I, no. and you know, it, it went out fine. Yeah. You know, I just had to pick up jobs that, you know, now it'll looking back and you start laughing, but they all yeah. probably build me up. Uh, yeah. And that's the love of the restaurants because I worked with Ritz. Ritz trained me for the first time into what be a great with and beverage person. I had no idea before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do it once again, the same way, but.
1: Yeah, the really great training. experience. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that Ritz Cotton training course it yeah. is quite phenomenal. They they still offer it to this day. And someone in my forum just went, took her whole team to the Ritz yeah. in Georgia and did like a four day training. She said it was completely amazing.
0: Totally, completely. Yeah, and and I was there, one of their employees, so for me, even better because you know they were promoting me all of those kind of jobs and things based on. Courses I was taking, so that that went great. But the the thing is, you know, graduated marketing, so I really wanted to do something, you know, in the economy. I mean, they had to do with the economy, it had to do it, yeah. you know, businesses. And, then, and I moved to Atlanta, and I started, you know, to work in banking in '99, and hmm. uh, my you know, my life just took off from there.
1: Which 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 bank did you work for?
0: Well, Bank of America was the. They're crazy enough to hire me. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. Someone who had nothing to do with banking, uh, again, my marketing and sales. I did a lot of sales for my mom, for her business, and then Reed food and put beverage Yeah, beverage, certificate, diploma, whatever they call it. That's all I had. And they took a chance on it. I mean, I had like yeah. th- different interviews yeah. uh, with six different managers, but they took a chance, uh. And, and, you know, I even thank him now for, for that chance because probably my life would have been different. it's took a chance and, um, yeah. you know, I was, I was a top performer every year for some, for some reason I like to be a top performer in everything I do.
1: I know that about you, John. I know oh, that about mm-hmm. you. It's a, That's a good trait. It's draining. I know yeah. it at times, but it's also it means you put your best foot forward all the time, which is excellent. So, um, so. I'd love to know like Just share with me a little bit. Like, what problem do you think you solve right now? Obviously, you've had an interesting career: finance, restaurant beverages, sales, uh, family business. Um, and I and I, we talked earlier about you've obviously learned a lot about exiting and selling businesses. But like, like, what do you think if someone was to come to you now? Like, like, what does that type of person look like? Are they so they're selling? They're Maybe they're looking to buy a business, but how do you help them? What do you think you really do to help them?
0: You know, it's an interesting question because I, you know, in 2019, I stopped taking clients. Uh, I felt, and maybe I was wrong, but I felt like by taking clients, I'm competing with my own agents. And it just, to me, didn't feel right. Uh, So the type of person that I would talk to today would have been more, you know, a conversational style. You won't be like, let me sign you up for it as a client. Yeah. You know, it's more like, tell me everything you want to know. Or, you know, give me some details about, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And and we go from there. And if, you, if I see a fit with any of my agents, then I'll just introduce them to them. Uh, but I'm still going to be behind the scenes. For, for every recommendation that I make to my agents, I'm behind the scenes all the time. So if the person I'm referring to, or not referring yeah. because they are part of my team, but I'm giving to them. I'm still there in the background, trying to watch yeah. everything that's going on. But yeah, it's, it's more conversation, all this networking, all the EOE events that I'm going to, and people yeah. say, Hey, I'm looking for this. What do you think I should do? And yeah, we're changing it a conversation, you know, yeah. just what do you want to do? Because a lot of people want to do one thing, but they are starting in the wrong way, where right. their perception is different from the results they want to achieve. So you know, conversation can go either way, but it's yeah. definitely not about signing up as a club. That no. happens to last Yeah. If, if you ever can.
1: Yeah. So so you're helping people just figure it out initially, like yeah, getting to the depths of what the what they want, what what they see their future looking like, and help them to figure it out with their business. And exactly right. Yeah, I like if it.
0: I can. I mean, sometimes I yeah. cannot, but no. if I if I can, absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's great. Okay. Sounds good. So, um this, I love this next question. I think I know what you're going to say. So, <laughs> it's an introspection question. If you were to do this all again, John, would you do it all over again?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I would just learn my lessons before I did. So, I wouldn't help that much. Yes. But yeah, nice. no, I would do it again. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. And, and it keeps on being fun. You know, yeah, I, I love what I do. Um, I will yeah. do it again. Uh, well, hopefully, I'll keep doing this for the next five decades if I can. Yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely.
1: Good. Love the fact you said yes. I knew you were going to say yes because you always turn up smiling. That's important. So, um, so I just again, and now my next question: I just need you to talk about hobbies. Like I know you're making really good red wine right now, so. T- t- and I haven't had a I You haven't given me a bottle yet, which is a little bit upsetting. Um, I've no, seen but the bottles
0: being. I, I haven't seen each other for. Yeah, we, well, we just need to. Bottles been go, going
1: around. I've seen them going around, John. Yeah. I think when Tim gets back, him and I need to meet with you and drink some red wine.
0: Absolutely, it will be my pleasure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm giving wines to people that are interested. Cause not everybody likes red wine, right? Not everybody likes a good red wine. Some people are okay with whatever they buy from, from stores. Uh, but yeah, we, we started making our own wine, my partner and I back in 2011. And the reason is that back then, obviously money were not as, as good as they were now. But you know, the quality of the wine we're looking for is still very high. So I said, okay, you know, I'm not going to spend $60 for a bottle of wine that I'd like. Yeah. We can start making our own. And. He comes from um, four, five, six different generations of winemakers. Wow. I kind of shared the same past. Um, you know, my first memory uh, as a kid was into this log barrel, where my grandma, grandma put me on, so I would not run around and disturb everybody. So I was just in this large wooden barrel looking at the sky. That was my first memory as a child, and of course, you know, probably the smell coming out from barrel kept me more you know sleepy than awake so everything worked out good <laughs> but yeah so um, we we started off and you know the first year we got we we got as much vinegar as we possibly could um you know we we called it wine but it was really vinegar and people Spinegar, yeah. drank it just because it was ours but they were yeah. like, like okay i don't even like it so we threw a lot of uh, away and then in 2012, we really took it seriously and uh, we went to California to get trained. Right. And then, um, you know, life changed and the quality changed. And mm. in the past three years, we we're able to perfect this recipe that is based on Kotishi Ra. Um, took us three years, but now we're very good at it. And everything comes the same way year after year. So this year, we said, okay, enough with bread that keeps going well. Let's do wine. So now we tried to come up with a good recipe for white. We we both like Sauvignon Blanc. Laura, my wife and she, his wife, like, you know, like the uh, Sauvignon Blanc. I'm trying to add a little bit to it so it's not going to be like the Sauvignon Blanc from the store.
1: Yes. love.
0: See how it's going to come. I, we are very curious. So we'll, we'll know in, actually, four weeks from today.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to put that on my calendar. Four weeks from today. Yep. Yep. Yeah,
0: December 1st.
1: Okay. how This is really exciting that you doing that. I love that. And I know I know you enjoy it. I you, I heard you talking about it and um and it's great that you know the taste is better than vinegar. It sounds like it's a lot better than vinegar. So that
0: Yeah, I totally changed from vinegar. Totally changed. Red wine yeah. vinegar. I think we came up with that.
1: Yeah, red wine vinegar. And I didn't know you could go out to maybe this is obvious. I didn't know you could go to California and go get trained um, well,
0: we didn't go to classes and things. We actually, she's part of the families from there and they are very right. winemakers. Oh, okay. We went there and they introduced us to some wineries and things. So we had to go there, and take a lot of notes, and drink a lot of wine. But...
1: Yeah, you had to drink a lot of wine when you were there. That must have been really hard for you.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> Stop. Um, what else? is there, What else are you passionate about, John, outside of drinking lovely wine and and doing what you love to do best with your job? Is else you
0: get up to well we like traveling and as a matter of fact we travel a lot and you know i just don't see myself stopping anytime soon we, we like going to different countries we like yeah. experiences different things you know we unfortunately because every time we go somewhere we want to be in a newer place or we can discover new things some of our friends you know to you know don't don't like us anymore because they want no. to just stick to this resort because they love it and they're yeah. going there every year, every year or three, And I was like, don't you get bored? I mean, you know, exactly. you even know the waitress name, all the yeah. the names. I mean, why, but you know, digital, digital people are, 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 you know, are behaving differently when it comes to vacation. Some of them want to be, you know, totally, uh, new into a place like we are. And yeah. I want to learn and I want to experience yeah. and maybe sometimes I'm taking risks and I'm going to places that yeah. I shouldn't go. Some people are going to be extremely comfortable when they go somewhere, and they don't want to move a finger. Yeah. but we decided to go explore so yeah so that yeah, so traveling it's kind of quite a bit in in my high priority list when it comes to things to do outside of work
1: yeah no i am I'm, I'm actually completely with you I'm always
0: yeah, I'm, I saw I'm, you in different different places too
1: well, I'm terrible when I'm on a trip, I've already booked the next one it's a yes. really it's like I don't spend a lot of money on well i do spend a lot of money on handbags but i spend it more my husband says like can you just like you know what can we just get past the vacation before you but the next one but i for me learning is about immersing yourself in different culture and pushing yourself um i mean our trip to cape town i think which we both did together with eo was definitely I i know cape town is you know it's 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 popular place it's not like it's that extreme but some of the things we did were really, really interesting that you wouldn't typically do. Um, like going to a school when we were painting the school, weren't we? This um, elementary school and just, you know, getting into the actual community. And um, I love, yeah. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't want to go lay on a beach. I want to go and learn. Um, so we have that in common. So we have wine, we have wine in common, we have vacations in common. So many things, John. Anyway, it yeah, would been an yeah. absolute pleasure to chat with today um yeah really enjoyed it so how can people get hold of you if they want to reach out, out and ask you any questions
0: well the easiest way is obviously through you um you know john roman but also my email is j roman at tworld.com t as in tom so tworld.com uh that's the best way um okay. you know and of course i'm on social media facebook and all that twitter instagram all that
1: and Roman is R O M A N. In case anyone is just wondering what I'm spelling M-A-N-N. in, At
0: yeah. World. dot um,
1: perfect. That will be.
0: Yeah, and 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 I want to say, you know, for anyone that wants to get in touch with me, there is no such thing as like, stupid questions, mm-hmm. uh, because none of us knew anything before we started to get knowledge, right? I mean, we 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 come to things like I explained you know, in this interview. That kind of made me realize what's important and what's not. So I yeah. failed many times to let others do it. So
1: Yeah. So it's okay to fail.
0: It is okay to fail, but you if you failed too many times before you is- Yeah.
1: On the same yeah, on the same topic. Yeah, you gotta learn from it. You gotta learn from it. Yeah. So well, oh thank you so much, John, for joining us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you to our audience. If you learned something today, maybe we made you laugh. I like to make people laugh now and again, again, a little bit. Um, Tell someone about EO Atlanta Taking Flight podcast. Um, It's been another exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight, and I look forward to seeing everybody next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit EOAtlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.